Welcome to Health System CIO's interview with Hugo Lai, Chief Information Security Officer with Temple Health. I'm Anthony Guerra, Founder and Editor-in-Chief. Hugo, thanks for joining me. Good morning, Anthony. Uh, Hugo, can we start out? Why don't you tell me a little bit about your organization and your role there? Sure. So I work for uh, Temple Health. Uh, it is a uh, four um, hospital systems based in Philadelphia in Pennsylvania. And I am the Chief Information Security Officer here. Very good. Thank you. Uh, can you tell me how you wound up uh, as CISO at a health system, sort of your career and how you wound up getting into technology and then security and then healthcare and what, whatever order that happened? Certainly. So I started off my security career as a um, security consultant um, for many years. Um, actually, you know, if we step a little bit back, you know, I uh, study uh, information security um, when I was in college. And basically after I graduated, I got recruited um, to um, support a, uh, a government client um, working in, in um, security consulting. Mm -hmm. And I continued with that for many years. And um, I supported many government clients and including um, NIH and some of the um, civilian uh, healthcare um, agencies, if you will. Um, that's I, you know, helped, got myself into um, the healthcare industry. And then after that, um, I started working in the, in the industry um, leading a cybersecurity practice um, for small organizations. And then here I am, you know, with Temple Health. What would you say it is about security that uh, you find most interesting? Why, you know, there's sort of the CIO route and then there's the CISO route. So why did you prefer to go into security as opposed to general technology CIO type stuff? Well, security has always been my interest. I think it has a little bit to do with um, the um, the experience, you know, when I used to um, work and study, you know, near the, the Capitol, um, there was the uh, September 11th, you know, um, obviously. And uh, I still remember that day, you know, um, walking on the street. Um, I was actually working as a um, uh, doing some part-time work um, very near uh, the, the, the Capitol. And um, the event happened. Um, so I, you know, the, the immediate thing, you know, that, that came to my mind is that, you know, if that can happen, you know, in the physical world, right, it can also happen in the cybersecurity space. So, and, and that, you know, struck me um, really hard, you know, in my mind, I was like, okay, this is gonna be the next, you know, big thing that's gonna be happening. Um, so I, you know, certainly um, focus in, in information security, and um, I, I believe that, you know, this is a field, you know, that needs a lot of help, you know, for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. <clears throat> what would you say are a couple of the trends that you're, you're looking at and trying to stay on top of or positioning your organization to be ready for? Identity access management is certainly one. Um, and um, a lot of my colleagues, you know, obviously think that this is going to be the, the next parameter, um, mm -hmm. if you will. Yeah. Um, and I strongly agree with that. Um, there's identities in, in everything, right? Like in, in, in humans, um, in assets, in devices, um, everything has an identity associated with it. Um, so if you can protect identity well, you know, um, that that certainly helps to to reduce, you know, the the attack service, um, you know, for for the organization. 
nowadays, you know, many attacks, you know, you don't really need to, um, for example, like have a sophisticated um, attack, right? Um, if you have a, a leaked credentials, right, that's the easiest way to get into an organization. So if you can protect it well, you know, you, you are uh, a step ahead. So for uh, identity and access management, um, it's not, from what I understand, it's, it's, uh, it's where you want to move, but it's not that easy, especially um, when you get to the granular level. Um, can you tell me your thoughts about um, the challenges of really impl implementing that kind of a program? Yes, yes. So for identity access management, there are many touch points. Um, and you really need to have the buy-in um, from the organization in order to do it well. Um, access is always the first thing that, you know, someone would, would request, right, when they join the organization. And if they don't get the appropriate access, then um, you got screamed at, basically. So right. not right. It, you, you have to do it well. Um, so, so I think from, from the beginning, you know, you want to make sure that, you know, the organization understands, you know, this is going to be a process, um, that they have to go through, right? And, um, access, you know, touches, you know, too many departments, you know, from HR, from IT to clinical, right? And, um, you need to make sure that all the stakeholders are involved, understand their roles, and then you, you have to guide them, you know, step by step into the process. Um, you, you cannot do everything at once. So you need to have good planning in doing that. Right. So, I mean, by very definition, you are managing access. And anytime you're managing access, you perhaps are unfortunately making it uh, requiring an extra step, takes a few extra seconds. Uh, and anytime you do that, uh, you're going to bother somebody who hasn't remembered their password, who is just annoyed in general with having to take a few extra seconds. So you have to manage that. You have to deal with uh, the angry phone calls, I guess, on occasion uh, come to you. Um, you're balancing usability with security, which is what uh, part a main part of your job is, right? Managing usability with security. But this is an area where I suppose you have to do something. You have to not create a, a big barrier to usability, but there has to be a slight speed bump. Is that the best way to think about it? That 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 is correct. Yes. Um there, there will be you know pain points along the way. Um, but if you can help you know all the stakeholders to understand you know what they are, um I, I think in the long run, right, everyone will will benefit from from that. Right. Very good. All right, let's talk a little bit about uh, compliance. I, I think you've done quite a bit of work in the compliance area. How would you describe the, the, the state of compliance today in terms of what CISOs need to do? I, I, I think compliance is um, it, it's a must, if, if you will, in, in the cybersecurity space. Um, you always want to have checks and balances. So um, as, as a CISO, you know, I try to work very closely with the, the compliance officer, um, trying to understand, you know, what the concerns are and help to, you know, um, to, to address it, uh, the, the issues, you know, proactively, if you will. Um, I often see, you know, compliance as a, as a partner, right? Um, and we, we all try to achieve the same thing. And, and I think, you know, through the audit process, it also helps the organizations to understand the processes, you know, 
particularly in, in information security a little bit more as well, right? Understanding the weaknesses. Sometimes when you are um, to to into your day-to-day -day operations, there are things that you know you you don't see, right? And and compliance comes in to help you understand, you know, what perhaps you may be missing in that process. And uh, I know the the titles. There are a lot of titles around there that include privacy, obviously security. There's legal folks. Um, so in terms of who you have to work with to do your job effectively. It, it sounds like almost everybody in the C-suite uh, and maybe more, but tell me your thoughts on the key individuals that you need to have very good relationships with to be successful. I think as a C-level executive, you want to have a, a good working relationship with everyone within the organization. Um, but the ones that I interact with mm -hmm. um, the most, you know, certainly um, includes uh, compliance, right? Mm -hmm. The compliance officer, um, your uh, general counsel's office, for example, um, um, and then HR. Yeah, for sure. And the CIO, obviously? Of course, yeah. Right. You, you <laughs> the CIO, to... the CTOs, yes, absolutely. You report to the CIO? I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, that seems to be the most common setup out there. I think there's a few variations on that in terms of where CISOs are reporting. Um, do you have any thoughts on on what you think works, or can anything work depending on the individuals involved? I, I think uh, each of the model will work. Um, it really depends on the uh, maturity level of the organizations. So sometimes, you know, um, in, information security needs to work, you know, together with with IT, right? And you you, you cannot really exceed, you know, um, the pace. Of the mm -hmm. IT. So, for example, like if you have a lot of infrastructures that needs to be upgraded, you know, um, the the CISO needs to work together with the with the CIO, you know, to partner with him or, or with her, you know, to to get that done together, right? You know, you, you cannot really on the first day you jump in and it's like, okay, let's refresh everything because that's not possible, right? So, I think it depends on you know the organization's you know a maturity level from an IT perspective. Um, in in some ways, yes, it it works to 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 have you know the CISO report to the CIO. But I've also seen you know other organizations where you have the CIOs you know report directly to the COO you know or 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 some other C level executives. Very good, very good. Um, let's talk about audits. Um, you know, we talked about compliance. Um, I believe you've been through audits and things like that. Um, do you have any advice to your colleagues? I mean, that can be one of the most unpleasant letters that you get, the notification that you're going to be audited, uh, it usually doesn't present a, a, a very good feeling. Um, <laughs> you know what's coming because audits can last months, years, they can go on forever, they can be very intrusive. Um, but what's your advice for a CISO who just finds out they're about to be audited? I think I think preparation is key. Um, you know, you, you cannot really um, um, jump jump into an audit, you know, um, without preparation, if you will. So, so you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, you really need to make sure that, you know, you have all the documentations available, you know, um, and, and have a, a robust process, right? Um, when, when the audit comes in, I think it's just a matter of, you know, validating, you know, whether you are actually doing, you know, what you're supposed to be doing, right? So there, there shouldn't be anything surprising, per se, um, in an audit, 
Um, obviously, understanding you know the regulations, you know that that will help. Um, but I think um, there are times that you know you want to really have a a conversation, you know, with with the auditor to truly understand, you know, what they are trying to achieve in that audit, right, or what that objective is. And you know, you you might want to um, perhaps you know have an angle, you know, because cybersecurity is not something that is easily. Um, understandable for individuals outside of, you know, cybersecurity, right? So, so you really need to, to help them understand, you know, why is it important that you're doing what you are doing, mm-hmm. right? right. Um, and at the same time, you know, help them to under, understand that, hey, you know, the, how you are achieving or meeting their objectives, you know, in doing what you do. Right. Uh, you know, cyber insurance is a huge issue. Right. And I think when you apply for cyber insurance these days, it sounds like essentially you're being audited, although it may be all self-reporting. Right. You are giving them all the information. I don't think they're coming in and checking everything. Although if you attest to anything that you are not doing and there's an issue, they're not going to pay. I've read an article about that recently where they say the, the insurance company said, hey, I think it was multi-factor authentication. They said you you said you were go- you had multi-factor authentication. We gave you the policy. There was a breach. Turns out you did. You weren't using it. We're not paying. So um, at a high level, cyber insurance, I don't know if you've been through that recently, um, but how would you describe that process today uh, and maybe anything you found that works in terms of either attaining it or dealing, dealing with that process? From a uh, cyber insurance standpoint, um, I, I think the the best way is you know don't don't think of it as a uh, in, insurance policy. <laughs> I think that's more like the last resort, right? Uh-huh. Um, so I, I I don't think about it too much to be honest with you. Um, yes, it is essentially as you know when when it comes to you know applying for the insurance, you know there's a a a, a slew the questions, you know, that you have to answer. Um, but that should be, you know, the, the security controls that a, a CISO or the, the information security program, you know, should be addressing, you know, from the first place, right? So again, there shouldn't be anything surprising in there um, in, in the first place. It, I think as long as you have good strategic planning um, in your uh, information security program, Right. The, the cyber insurance company, sometimes, you know, they're they're also willing to 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 help you out as well. So it's very interesting. So it sounds like a lot of what you're saying is if you're doing your job the right way, then you don't really have to l- sit around and stress about what if I get audited? How am I going to get cyber insurance? If you're doing your job the right way, you really don't have that much to worry about. Is that kind of your approach to the job? Yeah, yeah. And obviously, you know, um, you cannot do everything at once. So what's important to, uh, uh, you know, behind this is that you you need to have a clear um, rationale, right, as of why you are doing what you're doing now, and uh-huh. why you are doing, you know, um, you know, other security controls, perhaps, you know, like half a year down the road or a year down the road, right? Um you are helping the organization to um, to manage information security risks, right? Um, it is impossible to eliminate or to remediate all risks, but I, as long as you help the organization to understand what these risks are 
and um, have a game plan for it, then I think everyone is on the same page, right? And it doesn't matter, you know, whether you get audited or not, right? Like you have your entire um, colleagues, you know, in the C-suites, you know, to be supporting you on that. That's a really great point. Um, you can't do everything at once. A lot of things need to be done. So it makes me think of, you know, IT governance in general is a huge, uh, very important uh, issue or process in health systems, right? There's a certain amount of money, there's a certain amount of time, and a million things are requested. So how do we decide what to do? That's IT governance. You're talking about the same thing for IT security. There has to be a governance process that says, out of uh, we're going to stratify our risks. Here's Here are the things we need to do. Here's the risk level we're assigning to each. What are we going to do first? Now, can you talk about, do you have a defined process for deciding that with committees and all that, that help decide the order? And then, as you said, down the road, if you have an auditor come in where there's an issue, you can rationally explain, here's our roadmap. It's stratified by risk and importance. Here's why we haven't done the seventh thing on the list. It's it's coming. So you can at least explain that to any interested party. But can you give me your thoughts or process around IT security governance for making those decisions? Yeah, I think this is where, you know, it's important to have good communication with your peers, right, um, within the organizations. Um, you need to help them understand, you know, what your priorities are. And at the same time, you need to also understand what their priorities are, right? And you you need to find that um, right balance. So um, I, I think information security governance, you know, there you you can have a, a a formal process around it, but at the same time, you know, um, just just a day to day communication, right? Mm-hmm. Your interactions, you know, with your peers. Um, sometimes that defines the process already, right? Like you are trying to to get an understanding of, you know, what's important in mind and try to align the initiatives together, right? And essentially, you know, that's what you need to do, I think, you know, and, and there, in addition to that, I guess, you know, there will also be times that you need to be a little bit flexible as well, right? So as much as you have a very defined, you know, information security roadmap, um, you also want to identify areas that, you know, potentially is a, is a quick win, right? And when an opportunity arises, you know, those will be the occasions that, hey, you know, perhaps it makes sense, you know, to to execute or do those initiatives, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't do it now, then there will be no better timing to do it. Right. A, a good example would be, for example, like if an organization, you know, experienced a breach, right? All of a sudden, you know, you have all the attention, you know, um, to 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 really, you know, um, formulate, you know, the the information security program, you know, to what you want to do, right? So you don't want to put that to waste, right? Um, obviously, I'm not saying that, you know, you should wait for, for, a, right. for an incident to happen, you know, but there will be, you know, other um, opportunities, you know, if you, if the organization is, you know, perhaps, for example, like um, taking on a, a cloud initiatives, right? So you want to do your homework up front, right? Knowing, you know, what's coming and be prepared, you know, to, to tackle those initiatives, you know, together, 
with the rest of your if, uh, of your colleagues, right? And 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 do those together. So so have an information security roadmap defined, but at the same time, you know, try to think ahead, you know. And I think those will be um, key, you know, um, or at least you know, from my perspective, you know, how to build a good information security program. Right. Plan, but be flexible. Um, do you have a particular um, framework that you work towards? A lot of people like NIST. Um, there's certain benefits for doing some of these. There's uh, 405D, which has some information out there. If you can show that you've worked towards these particular frameworks, um, you sort of have not a safe harbor, but you get the benefit of the doubt from from the government. I mean, these are formal formal things. I mean, do you have any particular roadmap or framework that you that you work towards? Yeah, I think the NIST um, cybersecurity framework, it's definitely the, the de facto standard, um, mm -hmm. if you will, um, for many organizations. So um, it has been vetted, you know, by, by the government, um, is very comprehensive. Um, it's uh, easily adoptable, you know, to many industries and organizations. So uh, in my mind, you know, that's the framework that I, I would use for sure. Okay. Um, when we talk about uh, communicating risk, uh, do you have any thoughts around, um, because you don't want to be making um, the decision per se, you want to, from what I understand, you want to communicate to the business leaders, maybe the CEO or the COO or even the CIO, you want to communicate the levels of risk in any situation and they'll decide, right? They make the decision about how much risk they want to accept in any particular area. Is that correct in terms of how that process should work? And what's your advice for making sure that you are communicating as you wish? Because you're sometimes translating IT security speak to business speak, right? Because you have to make sure the individual you're speaking to understands what you're saying. So what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, so... Um, I, I think as a CISO, you know, you certainly have to take up that responsibility, right, to make sure that you're communicating um, the, the cyber risks um, to, um, to the business leaders. Maybe a better way to, to, to approach this is that, you know, you, you really have to uh, come in with an angle, right, and mm -hmm. provide them with some options to pick. You know, they hire CISO for a reason, right? So, so you know, you, you have to be prepared, you know, when when you know, being asked, you know, for a, for recommendations, you know, you need to know what you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. You need to know, understand, you know, what the business is lacking. So in not really, you know, dumping the, the problem, you know, to them as of like how you want to manage it, but, you know, rather, you know, you want to give like several options, right? right. So that, you know, um, they can pick the right one, you know, in order to manage the rest appropriately. That makes, that's a great point, right? Give them options. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about sort of today's workforce. Um, in, a, in a number of your sort of recommendations that I read on your LinkedIn profile, they talked about um, that you seek the input of your colleagues and you work to ensure that that input is utilized. So you make people feel valued. You're gathering opinions, make them feel valued and included. Um, you, it mentioned your kindness and willingness to support your team. So certainly you sound like somebody pleasant to work for. Um, I would imagine that's part of what you believe in in order to create a good, a well-functioning team. Um, there's a lot of workforce issues out there. People have a lot of choice, especially in cyber. 
they don't even need to stay in healthcare, right? They could go in any industry. I mean, those skills are very transferable. So you have to bring more than a paycheck to the table, especially at a health system where you can't perhaps pay Silicon Valley salaries. So what's your approach to, to creating an environment that specifically cybersecurity folks want to work in and, and can feel fulfilled working in? Right. So um, certainly nowadays, there are many challenges, you know, in recruiting the, the right talent um, into, into cybersecurity. Um, my, my approach to this is to um, obviously empower, you know, your team to do, you know, what, what is important, right? But I also think that is equally important to help your team understand um, the, the challenges that, you know, uh, the CISO is facing on, on a regular basis, right? Um, so that they can align with your thoughts. Um, I also think that it's important to let your, uh, your team be aware of the, the, all the different issues out there and be transparent with them, right? So the more that you can do that, um, I think the easier it will be, you know, for, for the team, you know, to form uh, that camaraderie, if you will, mm. right, mm -hmm. together, that we are all achieving, you know, the same goals and objectives. Um, health, healthcare is very challenging. Um, I, I think, in, in my mind, you know, if you really want to, um, to form a good team, you need to make sure that your team understands um, the objective of the organization, that they believe in that mission, right? Um, there are many, many options out there um, for, for, you know, a good cybersecurity uh, engineer or analyst, if you will. Um, but if you make them believe in the mission of the organization and they believe in um, your, um, your strategy in, in building the information security program, right? Um, and I think that helps um, not only just to retain them, but, you know, I think on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, you're building a more effective team. Um, out of. So a couple things there. Number one, it sounded like what you're saying is don't sugarcoat it in terms of your team. Tell them not only what that what you're facing as a group, but you personally as a CISO. So guys, here's what I have to manage and deal with. Here's what we all have to deal with. So now we're all on the same page. Don't sugarcoat it and kind of make them think things are easier than they are. Is that is that what you're saying? Correct, correct. And and I think the more that you can share with the team, you're also helping them to groom them, right? You're mm -hmm. grooming them to become the next CISO or the next, you know, leaders, right, um, in, in the industry. So I think, you know, uh, the team will appreciate that. Yeah. Um, when you say tied to the mission, um, you know, in healthcare, every everybody should be, needs to be tied to the patient care aspect of what they do. Obviously, as you get into IT, IT security, you get a bit more removed. But I think what you're saying is you want them to feel tied to actual patient care. And how do you how do you go about doing that? Some people used to say, well, I have my IT team round. You know, we actually round so we could see uh, the how people use the technologies that we protect. Um, but do you do you have thoughts? Do you want them to remember that what they do affects patient care? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. So um, obviously, you know, for the ones that we hire, you know, they 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 understand that they believe in it. But you kind of also have to help them remind them, 
right? Like as of, you know, why we're doing what mm-hmm. we're doing, right? Mm-hmm. And um, some sometimes, you know, just having that, <clears throat> just show them around, you know, like, you know, I, I, one thing that I, I truly believe in information security is that, you know, you need to, to tie it, you know, to the business, right? So, and, and apply context into information security, right? There's no one, you know, interpretation of a security control, if you will, in the, in the audit, you know, in the audit language, you know, there's always like many different angles to it. So how you approach it, you know, it's, it's important. And you have to show your team how you are approaching information security, right? Or how you're applying the information security principles, you know, within the organizations. So show them around, you know, like the different, you know, technologies that, that you know, the, uh, the health systems is using and make sure that they understand, you know, why, you know, we are doing it the way that we, are, we choose to do it, right? Right. I, I think that's important and and also allow them to see, you know, some of the challenges that the clinicians are facing out there. Right. right. Um, and, and I think that way, you know, you are building a relationship, you know, and also helping, you know, the team to understand, you know, how they should tackle, you know, some of the problems in information security on, on a day to day basis. Right. Or how they should are- be. We are almost out of time. And just as a final question, um, I want to ask you about uh, CISO burnout. Um, burnout's tough. Burnout's all over healthcare. And I would imagine in security, it's right there. And especially at the CISO position. So um, what are your thoughts on managing work-life balance, uh, avoiding burnout? And what is your, uh, if you don't mind me asking, what is your number one thing to do when you want to relax? What's your go-to uh, whether it could be simple as watching TV, but do you have a hobby or a go-to that helps you step away? Right. Um, I, I, I don't have a, a, a hobby per se. <laughs> I <laughs> Information think you know, I often security. go back to my family, um, yeah. you know, um, but, but I, I do practice martial arts and I think ah. that helps. Yeah. And uh, I, I practice martial arts together with my daughter. That's so that's kind of, you know, my, my thing to do right uh-huh. uh, when I get off work, um, and 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 through that, I think that really helps to you know to to manage the stress level. But again, you know, I think to to wrap this around, right? Like, um, if I have to worry about you know um, you know the next attack, you know, like all the time, you know, it's not going to make me you know very effective in my role. Um, so I always always think about this, right? Like there again there so many choices, you know, mm-hmm. that we have to do or so many decisions that we have to make, as long as we are making a conscious decision, right, whatever that may be, right, we, we know, we, we can always back that up, right. And when, when a breach happened, you need, really need to, you know, rely on your team or your colleagues, right. So as long as you have that relationship, you know, with your peers, then I think at the end of the day, well, that's just something you know, that you have to, to, to get it done together, right? But at least you can rely on someone, you know, um, from a, from, from a psychologically, you know, yeah. like psychological perspective, you know, you, you know that you're not alone, right? As much as you are the CISO within the organization, but you know that, you know, there are peers out there that, you, and your team is, you know, right behind you, right? And in, in tackling the same problem. So. Awesome, Hugo. Wonderful. Wonderful talk. I think our readers are really going to enjoy it. So I want to thank you very much for your time today. Thank you very much, Anthony.